0: Hello, and welcome to History Factory Plugged In, the podcast at the intersection of business and history. I'm Jason Dressel, and today we are going to talk about the history that is playing out in real time, and that is the crisis facing the banking industry. Joining me today to talk about this crisis is History Factory's founder, Bruce Windrick. Since Bruce founded our agency back in 1979, banks have been a constant pillar of our client base. Dating back to banks like Mellon, Riggs, and Fleet in the 1980s, to then working with Wachovia, PNC, Bank of America, Discover, and more recently, Goldman Sachs, First Republic, and Huntington. Bruce and our team have really seen firsthand the evolution of the banking system with an appreciation for how it has changed not only over the last 40 years, but the last 250. So let's jump into my and Bruce's conversation, which we had on Friday, March 17th, a week after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank.
1: Bruce, good to see you. Well, it's good to be back. You haven't had the uh, old guy on there for a while. <laughs> Well, uh now is a great
0: time uh to have uh to have the uh the, the old big chief back. Um Bruce you, you founded History Factory in 1979, which was not not the best of of economic climates and our first real kind of vertical was was the banking industry and and we worked with with many uh banks and they've obviously been uh a Uh, an old standby of our our clients uh, throughout, and and you have seen really firsthand uh, the evolution of of the financial services industry uh, over the last 40 years. And I'm just curious, because of course, as soon as this news broke last week, you and I started kind of messaging back and forth, and I'm curious what your first reaction was when you heard the
1: news that Silicon Valley Bank had collapsed. You know, it's a funny thing. Um, we've talked about this before. It is first of all, as a business historian, you, you, you tend to read the newspaper every day, like waiting for a car crash to, to, to happen again. Um, you know, you 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 can almost oh no, here we go again. Um, this one was an, is an interesting one, and again, we can talk a little bit about our history with banking in general, but but. It was interesting in, in, in two ways, specifically the Silicon Valley Bank and its reputation and, and, and how I knew them fairly well through their direct competitor, who we worked with very a competitor, geographic competitor, and in some ways, a competitive bank in in, um, in the San Francisco Bay Area, First Republic. So I knew them that way. But then also, when you see a bank run, um, that's a, a bigger, broader, general issue. Um, having seen them historically and having seen them, frankly, in my lifetime, um, that really struck me um, because there's always a reason uh, for why they happen uh, and when they happen. Um, And so my first thought was for Silicon Valley Bank. I mean, I I hold them in very high regard. Um, They are very much... Uh, in the in the uh, kind of the mold of a bank that is so directly related to the industry and the geography um, by which they grew up, you know, having 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 worked with Mellon Bank, you know, Mellon Bank, Pittsburgh Steel, Melons, Aluminum, it it it, it, it was connected it, it, and and to the community, and to the people, to the founders. Um, well, Silicon Valley Bank was a bank is a bank that is connected to uh, an industry, that is connected to its founders, that is connected to its geography. So that immediately always interested me in that bank. I n- never really though thought about, and maybe after 2008, a little bit, a bank in the world of, of, of um, social media. Um, it's kind of ironic in so many ways that the industry and the individuals um, who built social media were also the industry and the people <laughs> who are a most impacted by and probably in many cases have been part of the result of the uh, have been par- part of the result of the run on the bank. Um, so, so in some ways, um, these aren't steel workers. Um, these are, these are knowledge workers in Silicon Valley. These aren't, uh, you know, the old, uh, uh, capitalists of the, of the, the robber barons. No, but these are, these are entrepreneurs in the Silicon Valley. So that was the, the kind of thing that struck me the most. Uh, the the other thing that struck me the most is, but, it, but, it, but it happens every time. Why didn't I, why didn't I see this coming? Why didn't I see this coming? I remember thinking this so much back in 2007, 2008, when we were working, frankly, with the people who were creating all of the, you know, collateralized debt uh, uh, instruments. I mean, working very closely with them, ISDA, you know, the swaps and derivatives people. Here we were working with them, thinking, why didn't I see this? Well, it's kind of the same way with Silicon Valley Bank. What, what, what did I miss? What was I missing? And I think in this case, it's kind of interesting because unlike the historical uh, um rhymes that we see so many times, this one's a different um in that it's part of a of a, of a um it was a decision and and why did I miss it? It was a fed decision. and by the way, I digress all the panics that we've seen over over the years, I kind of have always kind of stuck them in different categories. There were the ones, uh, they used to be panics every two, three years before there was a national banking system. Then there were the panics within the national banking system. And then there were the panics in the era of, after the, the Fed was formed. And so this one is a little bit different in that it's somewhat Fed-driven, because again, remember, we were living with these, these zero interest rates. The minute they torqued up those interest rates, uh, they had to know that there was gonna be a response somewhere. They knew who who buys Fed funds. And so this one, I, I maybe they didn't even see it coming, but and typically they don't. Um, so back to your question, what was I thinking? Those were all the things I was thinking. I was thinking, what does this one look like versus others? What does this bank look like versus others? How does this bank look like the others? Uh, and in reality, um, it's going to take a while for us, like we always do as historians, to figure out uh, what happened. I will tell you this: I don't think that when you talk about things that look the same. I mean, I with the minute I saw J.P. Morgan step in the bank, I I, I saw a big, huge run because in 07, every banker in that in that in that uh, in that run. They all traipsed into Mr. Morgan's desk, and he had the money to put on the on the counter to say, you know, let's let's staunch this, let's stop this, stem this, this run. Um, here they were again. You're talking about here. 1907, to be clear. Yes, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. Say, yeah, 19- yeah. Let's correct. be clear
0: about what you're talking. <laughs>
1: Which 07? Yeah. I know. hot <laughs> seven. Uh, 1907. are <laughs> absolutely. Yes, because you're right. There was another one in, in, in 07. Uh, no, I was 0, 1907. So that was a run that looked really interesting to me. The, the way you stop a run is the way that they're doing it. The other thing is how quickly um, the Fed stepped in. I mean, again, in banks, we always understood the evolution of deposit insurance. And, of course, that comes. that's a that's a thing that c- comes after you the know, 1920s, 1930s era. Um, that was really, really critical. Well, now all of a sudden, and and it was always very important because you didn't want to have to let people think that they were going to be bailed out. Um, And so this time, though, it's kind of interesting. The Fed stepped up so quickly and said, don't worry, we got you covered. Don't worry, we got you covered. I think some of it, frankly, was because the Fed said, well, we're part of the problem. We'll help help be here to fix it. I I honestly think that that's, that's why they acted so quickly. I also think that the banks who have stepped up in the case of first republic bank have stepped in is they're not stupid they know they know what kind of bank that is they know the quality of bank that is and so right. they can make an example out of it well and i think you know i curious where you,
0: how you see or what you think about this first but like from from my perspective like it felt like just there was a very broad sort of national conscious kind of reaction to this based on the experience of 2007 and 2008 but it feels but it, it feels really different i mean the the underlying drivers of why you know that crisis occurred to your point is very different to what you're talking about you know these are not you know these are these are not this is not a crisis that's built fundamentally on toxic assets um but i'm curious in terms of you know the the comparisons of of '08, um, you know, if you see other similarities or differences between then and now, and to your point, if what we went through in 2000 and 2008 m- may be um, influencing how uh, how both uh, the, the the industry and the regulators are are
1: responding. Yeah, well, there's two things. Number one, there is a comparison. I think the first time I ever heard the word. Um, asset liability mismatch was during the savings loan, and the word mark to market—the notion of you've got these, you've got these, these, these uh, investments in your portfolio, and you've been fooling yourselves as to what the real value is. Well, in this case, this was very, very similar to what was going on in Silicon Valley Bank. They had these assets, and they had a mismatch against. Uh, They had them mismatched against deposits and loans. And by the way, it's a really intriguing thing because let's not forget COVID here. Let's not forget COVID here. You know, these banks, um, particularly these regional banks, and back to your question about 2008, 2007, 2008, most of the regulatory firewalls that were built and and requirements for for far more uh, capital um, really, and 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 the stress tests were in the large, large banks. That's why they're all so healthy right now. That's why they're able to step in and do that. That's the benefit of 2008. When you start getting down to the, these these banks, like a Silicon Valley Bank, where you've got two, where you got a dual regulator, you got a state, and and you got you got a, uh, a Fed. All of a sudden, now you start to get some some squishiness there in terms of. Of 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 the regulatory regime that might be a little bit more disciplined for the large banks, okay. So, but 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 what? I, but my point being about what it looks like is for the first time, everyone's starting to talk a lot about um, the mismatch between you know your your deposits and your investments, and this mismatch to me looks very much like COVID in the sense that. You 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 want it? You have to earn. You have to earn money on your deposits. No one is making loans because we've had this 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 COVID situation. So where do you put it? You put it in Fed funds. In the old days, there were banks that could exist forever on Fed funds. They they just went to the window every night. They were quiet little banks, and that was that. Nothing was going to happen in Fed funds, but you just saw what could happen in Fed funds. Fed steps up zero interest rates. All of a sudden, they jack up the interest rates. All of a sudden, there's this complete flight, um, and and so that to me is goes back to more what happened in the savings loan industry uh, back in the '90s when again mm-hmm. their assets and their liabilities were completely mismatched, and some 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 larger economic uh, um, um, decisions left them left them exposed. And of course, yes, they, they went for a long, long time, just kind of quietly doing their their kind of doing their 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 job of being the you know mortgage writers. But having said that, this there's a little bit of that going on here too. That I think it's what differentiates the first republics from the Silicon Valleys. Because I don't think they have that. I I the other problem is I have how do we know did they have the outflow of um of deposits uh remember people that this that is a classic bank run you get scared you got money there right yeah i gotta get my money out of that bank as soon as i can right so that that's yeah. no different than i bank run in 1930 and 1907 and 1880
0: you know i mean i i was you know my, my i was explaining to my my kids were here my wife and i talked about it over the weekend and they were like oh like in its wonderful life <laughs> I, was, I was like yeah like, and it's a wonderful life. It is it is all about our financial system being dependent on behavior. And and I was explaining to them, you know, it's just the psychology that goes into how our economy functions. Um, and to, to your point earlier, which is really interesting, the reflection of, in the case of SVB, the bank and the industry in its uh, home market. Um, the irony and just it, it just felt like one of the things that was different about this one from my experience was just the speed. It just felt like it happened really, really fast because of social, yep. and yep. and it just and, and and that irony that you point out is really interesting because you know it, it it's it's industry uh, un unbeknownst to itself aid it ate itself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I still think the greatest line of all of them, and again, I wish I could take credit for it or even thought about it, but was, you know, there are no atheists in the foxhole. There are no libertarians in a bank run. OK, all yeah. of these great libertarians in the in the tech industry, all of a sudden they got they got religion. Go bail us out. Help us out. Help us out. They, they, you know, when when it really it's hard to stick with your libertarian principle when you can't make payroll. When you can't get your when you can't get your money out, so no, it's really interesting. I mean, and again, it's always going to be one of these things where the shareholders are going to be probably the hurt the most, and I guess they should be. Um, that's that, that that's the gamble you take for as an investor, not as a depositor. And I, I honestly think it, it's going to change the nature. Look, I also think in the case of Silicon Valley Bank, which is really interesting, is that relationship between the uh, venture capitalist and the bank, um, yeah. and that is also a difference. Uh, between our friends at at first republic remember first republic grew up as basically a jumbo mortgage shop they're 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 part of the san francisco real estate phenomenon and Mm -hmm. so they grew up as a but but what they both had in common is they were very close to their customers had amazing customer service and 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 had very loyal customers who frankly if you were the customer, they wanted everything. They wanted your business. They wanted your. They wanted. And so, if you really think about it, part of what we saw there and what could convert a libertarian uh, to a socialist was, hey, it's not just me. It's my business. It's my. It's my. It's. It's everything. And so that's why they were so anxious for for a bailout, and they got it. And I think they had to get it. So you know, it, it, it's interesting. I don't. I, the, the, the dust hadn't settled yet we're talking about this by the way while it's still happening and and, and again the other interesting thing is this investor behavior um they're, they're just you would have thought that that having seen these 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 top-notch banks step up and put all this money in first republic bank that their share price would at least just just stabilize but it's still falling it's yeah. still falling so It's just like people don't believe that yeah,
0: and and obviously the uh, one of the, the, the distinctions, which was not dissimilar with two thousand eight, is just the globality of it, right? And just you know how it how it can spread so much faster and so much broader now compared to you know fifty years ago.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I think the, I think the first time we ever saw that was long term capital management, which was when that thing went down. It you realize how interrelated um, the, the, the global economy was, but you got to look, look, the, the, it's, you know, again, it's still, you know, you don't know who's naked until the, and swimming naked until the tide goes out. There's a bunch of, there, there's a, there were some bank, there's some not healthy banks out there. And by the way, have very similar problems. And yes, you're right. Um, I think honestly, this is it'd been much of a test for the, uh, for the fed as it's been for, for, for anyone. And, and by the way, in the midst of trying to try to try to turn the economy, you know, around, they get this uh, thrown at them. It's, it's remarkable actually. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, always fun to talk about it. Uh, let's not uh, contribute to the, uh, to the panic. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll not be jumping on another one of these in the next couple of weeks and talking about another one. Um, but always appreciate uh, Always appreciate the perspective, Bruce.
1: Well, I appreciate it too. I, I'm glad to be able to talk talk about it and think about. I think out loud about it, and I, I will also say that we've been very, very fortunate to to to, to work with some of the greatest bankers of the certainly the, the, the 20th century. And I have great respect for what they do. And I'm not so much a cynic. Uh, I honestly think that for the most part, they're very, very important. And and I, I have great, great respect for First Republic Bank. And so. Knockwood, i hope i hope uh i hope the story i hope the next chapter ends up okay
0: yeah well they certainly have a history of resilience so uh i like i like their chances so all right bruce good talking to you all right that is going to do it for this episode of history factory plugged in thanks again to bruce weindrick history factory's founder And hey, let's hope our increased interest rates don't become the mortgage-backed securities of 2023. We will be back soon with a new episode of History Factory Plugged In. Until then, I'm Jason Dressel. Be well.